everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Bitch Breathe and I am your host, Ricardia. I was in the kitchen and I was trying to figure out what kind of sandwich to make for myself. So I'm going through the fridge and seeing what's there, what kind of ingredients. And for some reason, I couldn't make up my mind when a young voice in the background suddenly pipes up and suggests that maybe I should collect some glass or like broken pieces of glass, and put that on my sandwich. (laughs) So that was many, many years ago. And that little voice in the background was my stepson. I think this was one of the key moments in our lives together when I realized maybe this stepmom, stepson relationship isn't going so well. So today I'm going to talk about the evil stepmom, if you will. This is very much going to be a manual in some ways about what not to do, simply because I think I failed on so many levels that maybe we can benefit from the lack of farsight and wisdom that I brought to this very, very challenging, but more and more common role that we as men and women now play. By now, we're so used to that whole idea of patchwork families and families wheeling and dealing, trying to coordinate kids between multiple partners. There's the two bedrooms, the two holidays, and there's all this logistics that goes with the job of being a step something. And then, of course, you've got all the emotional stuff, which is so complex and so multi-layered that I don't even begin to try to solve that in just one episode. Already, I'm thinking the audacity of me doing a, a podcast episode on being a stepmom is pretty huge, but maybe it's justified in a little way because for one, like I said, I was a stepmother for 11 years. And I've also been a stepdaughter to a stepfather in that case. And I watched my own mother very closely when she was a stepmother in our patchwork family growing up. So I feel like at least if I can't tell you how to do it right, I can maybe demonstrate a few things that I saw go wrong and that I wish so much somebody, and in my case, in my role as a stepmom, could have rectified while it was still going on. So I wish there were another word for stepmom or stepfather. I know there's been a bunch of attempts. None of them seem appealing to me, so I'm just going to stick to the word stepmom. And I will refer to the parent that came before me, the actual parent of the child, if you will, as the original parent, just so we can sort of keep them apart. So navigating this sort of prickly, daunting path of stepmom really isn't easy. And I know for stepfathers, it isn't either, but that's the one role I can't come up with. So you're going to have to pipe up and tell me your experience. But to be honest, what I have noticed is that there are very few working examples I've found. I think people are very stressed where I live in a part of Berlin where there's a lot of children. There's also a lot of step parenting going on. And these people are super overwhelmed. It's so hard to navigate the own needs with those of the stepchild. A lot of times the stepchildren are only there for the weekend. So it's hard to sort of build a lasting and meaningful relationship. And in my own case, I often found that as a stepmom, I felt a little bit, well, orphaned in some way. I was like that saucer where you broke the cup and now you don't know what to do with the saucer. It's very beautiful and you really loved it. 
and you want it around somehow because, well, it means a lot to you, but it really doesn't match anything else in your kitchen. And that's how I often felt that here I was now as a stepmom, but I wasn't really sure who am I supposed to be in this constellation now. And I did have my own child in this family as well. So there was also the extra challenge of trying to not overcompensate with a stepchild so that your own child is like, what happened here just now? And like she has a new favorite kid or something. But at the same time, not being overly distant towards the stepchild. Like I said, I didn't manage this awfully well. But I think I've understood a lot of what went wrong. And in conversations with girlfriends who are also stepmoms, I've been able to sort of come up with a few pointers at least on what might go wrong and how this might be not fixed, but maneuvered in some way. I think a lot of it is just awareness, awareness that this is very, very difficult for you as the step parent, but also this stepchild that's suddenly confronted with two families and two of everything and a little too much of that and too little of maybe what actually is needed, which is attention and understanding. One of the things that I think my mom didn't do so well with and that I certainly didn't even begin to try because I had watched my mom do it was that she tried to be sort of a second mom. She wasn't competing with the lady who came before, but she was trying to be as good a mom as she possibly could to this new girl or stepdaughter that was now in our family. But I think for one thing, unless you're a gay couple, two moms is not the right situation. <laughs> it's not what anybody has requested. And by nature, it would be a very, very tough spot to fill. So to just sort of right off the bat, not try to be another mom who does everything right, who is so great for this child. Maybe there's even a slight competition with that original mom going on, also something you want to be checking. I know that that was a situation for me sometimes. And to understand that, yes, there is this manifestation of a previous relationship of your partner. So in this case, my stepson. So there's always this idea maybe of a little bit of jealousy towards this previous woman, this mom, and to sort of be aware that that is very natural. It's totally fine to feel jealous, I think anyway. You have my absolution. <laughs> but to understand that you cannot perfect the mom thing, because there really is only one mommy. And the only thing we can do is to be there and to figure out our own role. And we'll get to that a little bit later. So depending on how old the kid is when it first shows up in your life, it's going to take possibly different amounts of time. So for example, when my stepson came to me, he was still a baby. That made it kind of easy for me because I knew diapers and I knew what to do with babies and I had a son myself. So I sort of just took that kid up and I you know, really loved taking care of him. I knew I wasn't going to be having any more children of my own. So this part I actually really enjoyed. And even though it took him a moment to be like, who's this lady now, you know, changing my diaper. <laughs> but it was really, really fine until he was about two and a half. And I think then he started to put together very cautiously and smartly the picture that if his mom was not here, then I was. And why was he being served coach when he could have been flying first class kind of feeling? So that's when the trouble started to begin. But he was still a very young child. So you could still sort of take 
the reins in some way. But let's say you come to a step family situation when this kid's already a teenager. This is going to be a very different challenge. And here I can't speak from experience, only my kid, my stepson, who became a teenager later. But I have a very good friend who married a guy who had four daughters already. Apart from the fact that this woman deserves a medal, <laughs> I often thought, how is she doing that? I mean, these kids were rebelling against her. They were really resenting her. And even though they had their own trouble with their own mothers, who doesn't? They still weren't able or willing to accept my friend as a stepmom, but she just kept at it. Like when they had trouble, she dug deeper and she figured out how to help and then she did help. And she really made herself, which I thought was amazing, an extra advisor and confidant to these children so that when shit was really hitting the fan, they called my friend and asked her, listen, what can we do? This and this has happened. And she would step in very competently and help them fix whatever had been broken or, or mend whatever had taken a hit. And so maybe the idea is not to become a second mom. Maybe the pursuit of becoming a confidant could be a worthwhile cause to really be someone these kids can confide in now. Keep in mind, you're obviously going to want to read their signals. Like you're not just going to swoop in and be like, all right, let's fix this. And maybe they don't even confide in you for the first couple of years that you know each other. I know that my friend really needed time for them to open up and she needed to step over her own shadow over and over because sometimes she would just feel downright resentful. It's like, how am I taking care of all this? Like, why isn't the father doing more maybe? That was one of her thoughts, or why isn't the original family stepping in? Whatever thought she might have had, however they might have been justified or not, but it took her a moment. But I did see her go through this, look at the signals these kids were sending her, and then step in when the system was all go. Becoming a confidant is such a wonderful role, isn't it? And then that way you don't have to be mom, because let's face it, not all of mom's duties are particularly interesting. <laughs> but to be a confidant, I think, is, is really great. And as a side note, I think a lot of how she managed to do this was that she kept gathering people around the table and cooking up incredible food. I think that's a sort of little secret weapon she has, uh, one that I did not have and that I think could be really useful. It's just keep cooking, if you will. Keep bringing people to the table or order it if you need to, if you can, and just have people eat together. I've often seen her create bonds in that way. Another thing that I actually did manage to do was that I let my partner be alone with his child. Even when he was here for the weekends, I often only had him for weekends and vacations. And to let them spend time together so that the child doesn't feel it's in competition with you as the step-parent. That they can really have this intimate relationship that they might have been used to before you stepped into the picture. And to really maybe not go with the partner when he goes to pick up or she goes to pick up the child to let them go to the hockey game together or the soccer game, whatever it is, and maybe not necessarily join unless there's, again, a signal that they want you to be around. 
and to not be distant in that way, but to really understand that there are bonding moments that only happen when two people are together and where three could possibly be a crowd. On that note of maybe being a little bit on the outside of this existing relationship, what I did not manage to do and what would have been so helpful if I had just been able to pull my head out of my ass for once (laughs) was to not take anything personal. None of the attacks that might be coming your way from this stepchild because of reasons X, Y, and Z, we all know the constellation is charged with reasons to resent each other if one wants to go down that road, but that is to take absolutely nothing personal. Nothing is personal anyway, if you've read the four agreements, but to really understand that there are going to be quite a few situations in this patchwork of arrangements that aren't going to be fair sometimes, and maybe more importantly, that are not winnable. I think I try to win the situations often. I try to point out that this kid had no manners. Clearly something with raising this kid was going wrong. I didn't actually say it in so many words, but I don't think I needed to spell it out for anybody to realize that I did not agree with how this kid was being raised versus how mine are being raised. And I was super self-righteous about that because this was my house. Now this stepson was under my roof. He was supposed to act according to my rules. That's not fair. And it's not helpful. So even if we're being attacked, if they're saying something like, you should probably be eating a glass sandwich, (laughs) understand that maybe we have contributed to this situation not working so well. In my case, for sure, I had contributed to this little person resenting me because I resented him just as much as soon as he started to not like me so much, like when he was growing older. Babes are fine, but after that, (laughs) good luck. When we don't take things personal, when we know that this kid is probably very hurt about how the situation is, or at least a little resentful, or maybe they're just teenagers and they need someone to act out against, and they don't want to act out against this original parent whom they don't see so often. So if he doesn't want to, in my case, rebel against dad because daddy's precious, he doesn't see him so often, then let him rebel against me. It's not personal. I'm just a sounding board. And if I had realized that sooner, I could have been a lot less resentful and borderline aggressive towards this person. Even though we often feel alone in this role of stepmom, stepdad, it can be very isolating because, again, the saucer without its cup... It's important that we don't think we have to do this alone. There is an original parent here, and it is important to be a team. Now, not a team against this child, but to be sure that we rope them in, that if we're having trouble, we don't try to solve this all by ourselves, but maybe consult with them. They know this child better than we do. What is their advice for how we can handle this? Now, this is a huge chunk of humble pie. Because you're already mad at this kid, maybe there's been some sort of confrontation. And now you're asking the original parent, what should I do? As if you had been at fault. That's not it. This is about finding a manageable way to communicate with this child that isn't your own. It didn't come from your nest. (laughs) And to find a competent and informed way to deal with them that doesn't make it too emotional and too angry for both of you. So really roping in that original parent. And what I've noticed in my own case, and 
when I was a stepchild is that the original parent sometimes likes to pull out completely and just let you deal. That, in my opinion, you might think of this differently. That is not a good strategy. This is their child primarily. They're the expert on this child. And so we need to seek their expert advice as opposed to our somehow managing this tempest and them just sitting at the shore and waiting for it all to be over. So really roping them in and making them have a say in what is happening or what might be even going wrong. When we do seek out a relationship with our stepchildren, then it's important we don't try to impress them too much. I think that's another pressure we sometimes have is that we want to be popular. Come on, who doesn't want to be loved? I wanted to be loved by my stepson. I wanted to be the cool stepmother, which only very occasionally was successful. So instead of like bringing them to Disneyland or like doing all these really, really big events, wait for their signal, like we said before, and start with the small stuff. What about just go into a bookstore, have them pick out a book? You know, something that doesn't put too much meaning and responsibility on the two of you that this has to now work, especially in the early days. And by early days, I mean early years. It really takes time to build this relationship. It might go quicker for you if you live with this child, but I did live with my stepfather And I have to say, beyond the early days when he was still trying to be a good stepfather, there was not a whole lot more effort coming after. And so it kind of just dissolved and he became a non-entity. And we don't want to mean nothing. So maybe to just start with small little things that we can do to bond with this new little or older family member that we now have. The idea that we've now become a step-parent could often let us think that we're sort of a little less important than this previous partner maybe, or at least we're a little less important in this constellation when we're all together. And there's also this idea of a guilty original parent. So sometimes I felt my partner felt very guilty about having left his first wife and now being with me. And so when the child was there, I always felt less important, but even more, I felt a little disrespected sometimes. And I don't think I was entirely wrong by that because it's very important that, yes, we rope in the original parent, but they also have to be asked to not keep siding with the child out of guilt. If I'm not being fair towards this child, no doubt you swoop in and you defend your own child against this step parent who's being 10 types of mean. But if you're always siding with the child out of guilt, You got to look at that because now you're being disloyal to your partner who's trying to be a good step parent and to understand that, yes, you should defend your child. I mean, I'm a mother myself. Of course, I will defend my child under any circumstance. But to also understand that the step parent, the step mom or dad that you've now married or that you're now with is in an awfully tough position. And if you then disrespect them, and I do think this is disrespect, By constantly siding with your child because you feel guilty about leaving or you feel guilty about not seeing them enough, then you are deserting your partner. And to really aim for fairness, which isn't easy to do, and I don't even know where to find that on the spectrum sometimes, but to aim for fairness as much as you can 
that might mean that you mediate between the two. That might just mean that you take them aside each and be like, hey, something's going on here. How can I help? But to constantly seek out fairness in this very, very, I want to say treacherous dynamic. And lastly, I think this is very important and it's something I definitely overlooked sometimes. This whole situation is not easy for the original parent either. They're trying to mediate, like we mentioned before. They're trying to be understanding of each side, maybe. Then there's the guilt. Then maybe they don't see them a lot, so they really have this longing to just have a good time with this child while it's here. So it's very, very hard for the step-parent, but it's not easy for the original parent either. And to stay in constant communication about what our challenges are, how they're manifesting when the child is around, and how we can find ways to be fair and loyal to each other. For me, that often was to take breaks, to, to put some distance between them, and to just let them have their you know, dad and son time, as opposed to trying to be engaged everywhere, trying to be interested in everything the stepchild is saying. That's just not authentic either. And so when we notice that we're totally overwhelmed by the presence of this person who is himself or herself also trying to come to terms with the situation, to just step out, take a walk, meet your girlfriends, read a book in a cafe, and know that this is very, very challenging and it will take a lot of adjusting and then readjusting, fine-tuning. Now they're in a different phase. Maybe you only see them for weeks. Sometimes they change so much. You're like, wait, what happened to the cute kid that was here four weeks ago? Or why are they so this, that, and the other? It's a tough job. Moms and dads is a tough job. But being stepmoms and dads, know that you deserve a medal. And I'm sure there's a lot of literature out there that talks about this. I'm pretty sure I should have read some of it while I was at it. <laughs> but there you go. Maybe we can all just benefit from all my mistakes that I made and find a way forward to really not become a second family because I feel like that is such a tall order, but to maybe, like my friend did, become another confidant in this situation. Whatever patchworky situation you're in, I would love to hear from you. I think I could do possibly another one or two episodes on this because there's so much to say and there's so much compassion that would need to be brought to the table and that often doesn't find its space. So if you'd like to write to me, I'd be happy to read. It's bitchbreathe at gmail.com. The I in bitch is a number one. We also have a Facebook group by the same name if you'd like to join the conversation there. And as always, if you liked what you heard, please do feel free to rate and comment the podcast since that helps me a lot in terms of visibility. I hope you're well. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, sending love. <laughs>